What's up? How you doing? On our play for this week, why is everyone comparing the new Last of Us 2 remastered with the Israel and Palestine conflict? Should you be excited for Snoop Dogg's new Death Row Game Studio? We'll find out. Is the Wonder Woman game already in trouble? So unfortunate. Has the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League come back from the dead? Has it? Should you buy the PlayStation Portal? Sean has the answer for you. All this and more on Season 7, Episode 45 of Press X Dark Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Andrews. A.k.a. I'm the man in the man in the man in the man holding a ball in the ball. That's a cocoon reference. Wow. Yes, yes. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. Mm, what does the M.F. stand for? T.L.K. Because I'd be jumping through portals. Oh, look at this guy. We are a multiversal creature. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, this is... Press XR Gamers Digest, a video podcast and getting us the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What's up? How you doing? You good? You have a drink? Maybe water? Good, you're going to need it. Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and the notification bell. If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are currently tuned in on. And if you want, you can join our conversations by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. Do it. Thank you. Before we jump in to the gaming news, we have one thing to say, and that is, as you know, the Game Award nominees has been given to the public by one Jeff Keighley. And we will be running our predictions cast as we normally do. It will be happening next cast. So look out for that and get ready. We're going to make the predictions and see who wins this year's Game Awards. All right. Now that's taken care of and you know what's happening for us next week, let's jump into the gaming news. Number one, and this is a huge hot take. This comes from Forbes. The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered roguelike mode undercuts the whole point of the story. That's sure. So this comes from Forbes to us by way of Chris Holt. Um, before we get into the roguelike mode, there is... This other thing that a lot of critics has been sort of tying The Last of Us to with the Israel and Palestine conflict by saying, um, essentially, the cycle of violence in The Last of Us Part 2 appears to, to be largely modeled after the Israel-Palestine conflict. It wouldn't be surprising to see Sony in the latest game if there's a big enough backlash given current world events. So that actually links out to a bigger thing about how the cycle of violence that we see in Last of Us is uh, similar to the, I guess, history between Israel and Palestine. Eh. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and just say, like... Thought it right. That is stupid. Like... This is the, just human the, nature. Everything has got to be parallel to... That's like the and I think the beauty of the beauty of The Last of Us, I guess, narrative or or story plot or whatever you want to call it, is that that sort of like, well, you harm me, I harm you is just it's everywhere in human history. And like, I don't I, I don't want my words to be like misconstrued by like saying like, oh, well. The whole Israel and Palestine thing is not, not that big of a deal. It's a very big deal, and it's terrible what's going on over there. But I don't think that it is a good idea to try and wedge The Last of Us Two into that. And it's like yeah. I can see, I can see how they can like put the two pieces together. But it's just like, well, you can do that with kind of. Anything. Any conflict I mean, around the world <laughs> going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it's it's never like A plus B equals C. Like, there's a reason why A happens. So it's just like, if you want to dig, you can really just do that equation with anything. So, yeah, it, this doesn't. So if you if you hear that going around, 
this is why then what's what's going what's going on and it's just all right cool but yeah let's get back to the new roguelike mode that's going to be in the last of us 2 last of us part 2 remastered okay mm -hmm. so naughty dog's new version has a brand new roguelike survival mode here is what that entails according to the leaked listing no return which is the name of the roguelike mode it's a survival mode roguelike survival of course experience the last of us part two's deep combat via an entry no, an entry's new mode survive as long as you can in each run as you choose your path through a series of randomized encounters play as a host of different unlockable characters some never before seen no never before playable in the last of us franchise each with unique gameplay traits the variety of challenge features different foes in memorable locations from the from throughout part two all accumulating intense boss no all, all accumulating i said that wrong right right time there. <laughs> yeah anyways uh, it basically ends up it it ends into a boss battle um i mean sure i think this is probably the best way to reuse the last of us two's like great combat other than having yeah. like an online factions mode which which it doesn't get into eventually hopefully i so okay let's we can break this down to a bigger conversation about that online mode from what we know that it essentially failed and there is bits and pieces of that we don't know if this roguelike mode was actually part of that bigger game that was supposed to happen, they were able to pull that off and put into this, like, as, you know, real quick. Um, yeah, yeah I, like... I never thought of that. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's very possible that, like, that online mode was a couple of different games kind of, like, you know, pulled into one big thing. Yeah, because I'm seeing in a, the No Return that you can play as, quote-unquote, a host of different unlockable characters. And that's exactly. I wonder if these are the and same very much so. you can have access to in factions, whatever it turns out to be called. Right. Um, nah, go ahead. Yeah. So I think in terms of like, okay, well, is this cool? Is this a good idea? I think this is a good idea. I think this is, this is cool. Um, the other part to the remake is that if you already have Last of Us Part 2, the update, the upgrade to the remastered is, I'm sorry, I said remake before, it's a remastered. This is not a remake, it's a remastered. The upgrade to the remaster is only $10. So right then and there, the whole conversation of, oh, they're charging too much for a remastered, it's only $10 if you have the last game. If you don't have the last game, it's going to be $70 because you're just essentially yeah. buying a new Nobody's game. Nobody's forcing you to buy the full price. Hell, you could probably get uh, the original part two on sale and then pay a $10 upgrade if you really want to. There you PS5 go. There version. You go. Um, people are calling it a cash grab. You, I mean, but they have to pay their developers some kind of way. Um, that's but go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. Like, it's it's one of the things. Where, like, is this a cash grab? I mean, yeah, in what a is way it? that. Yeah, exactly. It, it it is in that this is a remastered of a game that released, you know, not a super long time ago. But at four the same ago. time, it's like three, four, three years okay, ago. four years ago. Okay. But it's just like, well, from what we know, they haven't put out a game since the last since three then. years. And yeah, uh, and they, they have released been, part one remastered, but yeah. You're right. You're right. That's true. They totally did that. But it's like, okay, well, they've been working on this multiplayer mode that has not worked out for them. And that was actually supposed to be out, I guess, technically already or coming out very soon. So now that we know that that's the case, like, they are kind of in a pickle over there. So it's just like, well, you got to keep in mind. Um, I don't think they originally wanted to start working on a part one remake remastered, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Another studio was working on that. Stoney took that from yes. them and gave it to Naughty Dog. Um, it is quite possible that they had been developing this since or working on this since uh, maybe a year after it originally mm -hmm. released back in 2020. because. With the original Last of Us on PS3, the remastered came out on a PS4 less than a year after. Yeah, yeah, that's good and point. I guess people had the same complaints. Like, well, then again, there was no backwards compatibility with PS3 and PS4 like there is now. But mm -hmm. 
I mean, they're free to release it and people are free to vote with their dollars. That too. And that's another thing too. It's just like, well, if you don't want to support this, then just don't. Like, it's not like Naughty Dog has choose to make this remastered over making a new game because we already know what's in their pipeline. They're still working on, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think there's rumor that their next big game is not going to be a Last of Us. It's going to be like a sci-fi property or something like that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, it is what it is. Um, to go along with this, uh, it comes from IGN. Naughty Dog's creative head, Neil Druckmann, to receive whoa, whoa, the... Whoa, roll back, roll back. You didn't talk about all the additions in a new game. Oh, I am sorry. I totally uh, did not do that. Um, I do. Go ahead, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be lost levels, which will allow you to explore early development versions of three new levels, not seen in the original. There's going to be developer commentary bundled in as well, and a new guitar free play mode where you can unlock additional instruments. Um, there you go. Yeah. Now nah, so, you can talk about Neil Druckmann. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's also cool where like you're getting these new levels to play. You're getting the whole guitar thing, which we saw at the very end of Last of Us 2 with Ellie. Mm. And I think that's pretty cool. I, I, yeah, we'll see how we'll, I'm interested to see how that's actually implemented and where you'll get access to that. But we'll see. <laughs> Are you? Do you plan on getting this uh, remastered? Uh, who can say? I don't know. Yeah, I, it depends I on what uh, my backlog. It yeah. depends on what my backlog is looking like, and if I want to experience new content or whatever. I mean, I enjoyed yeah, the I story. I actually... played it twice to get the platinum. Um, mm -hmm. I bought part one on PS3 and PS4. You know. Um, I would like to get uh, the remake of part one, but I don't want to pay full price for it. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. we'll see. So I, I forgot to mention that this uh, remaster will be coming out January 19th. So at the very start of the year, I don't think two months from now, because I, I, I got a backlog of games I need to play. Like I still need oh, yeah. to play and beat Final Fantasy 16. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think I, I liked part two. Just don't be like, like Romero. You got 109 hours in this. Bitch. Oh, my God. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, like I liked Last of Us Part Two, but like I don't think I need to play it again. So, and then playing a roguelike, I don't think that's enough of a draw for me to get get back into that. So, mm. I don't know. But I'll be watching it, of course, because you know, games and games and watch games. All right. Um, so, yes, the other thing, uh, Neil Druckmann is to receive the New York Video Game Critics Circle with the. No, I'm sorry. I'm just going to read this thing. So coming January, Naughty Dog's co-president and head of creative, Neil Druckmann, will be honored by the New York Video Game Critics Circle with the Andrew Young War Legend Award at the 13th Annual New York Games Awards. Oh, by the way, this is from Rebecca Valentine from IGN. Um, the award is intended to recognize those who have pro propelled the gaming world forward, celebrating their profound impact on an industry that continues to captivate and connect people worldwide. Past winners have included Xbox Phil Spencer, Double Fine founder Tim Schaefer, Death Stranding creator Hideo Kojima, former Nintendo of America president Reggie fils and others. I, I feel like the, the, uh, the developer of um, the <laughs> Tears of the not Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, same person. I feel like he should be in that list at some point too. That's, but yeah. Anyways, that's awesome. Good job, Neil. You know, good job, Naughty Dog. And I forgot Naughty Dog you know. made Jack and Daxter. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I see that he started working as a programming intern in 04, working on Jack 3. Interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Number two. Why Snoop Dogg and his son are launching Death Row Games? You got to have representation. This comes from LA Times by way of Sarah Parvini. Parvini? Sure. California's robust video game scene is, uh, is about to have another company added to its roster. This time from Snoop Dogg and his son, Cordell Broadus. Broadus? Broadus. Yeah, Calvin and Broadus. Cordell okay. Broadus. There you go. 
the company Death Row Games aims to help diverse creators publish content on Epic Games online game Fortnite. Via is Fortnite creative tools set and the you know, tool set and the editing app Unreal Editor for Fortnite. The company, Brodis said, will likely be based in LA. Uh, the game's creator economy 2.0 allows for engagement, engagement payouts, a way of eligible island creator eligible item creators to receive. Oh, okay, okay. Like people like mm-hmm. Caribbeans, right? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Islands in Fortnite. I Okay, Islands in Fortnite. Uh, money-based engagement with their published island content. Okay, there we go. So, this is cool. I think this is a a low-key way of making a game studio in that it's based totally in Fortnite, where it's like your distribution platform's already settled. You don't have to worry about packaging discs like you just have to worry about developing games i mean at this point in this day and age you don't have to package any discs um it's interesting that they're choosing to go through fortnite i guess they're hoping that this fortnite lives a long life um yeah i mean and i guess they don't need any coding that's the thing i I think like this is probably the easiest way of starting your own thing in that you know, for, Fortnite is already established. Like these tools mm-hmm. are built for you know the common person in terms of game developer, and mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't have to do much legwork to build up that knowledge base. Like it's it's kind of yeah. just already there for you. So I think that's cool. I mean, you know. I hope this does well. I hope this gets attention. I hope this is I hope this does well for not only Fortnite but for Death Row games because I think we need to see more black led like studios. And I think yeah, that we'll we'll see how this goes in 5 years. We'll revisit this. <laughs> to see what this, I mean, Sean is not impressed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I to start, I guess, but yeah, I I think like because I because because if you look at the industry right now, like we have a ton of layoffs, we have like a bunch like this is supposed to be the year where like it has the the biggest games come out and they're doing like well and there's making tons and tons of money, but we're still having like a record number of layoffs and so on and so forth. So I think doing something like this, where like yeah, you're you're building stuff in Fortnite, so you don't really have too much of a like overhead costs yeah i feel like that's a smart move but again it is in fortnite so you're only you're not even allowed one type of game like you could use the editor to make whatever you want it's kind of like roblox you can build any goddamn thing in there more likely but it's just once again we'll see where this goes yeah right it is relying on fortnite fortnite surviving and they seem to be pretty all right at surviving (laughs) All right. Um, before we talk about Wonder Woman and what's happening over there, hey, subscribe to the channel. Do it. If you're listening, subscribe to the channel anyways. I mean, it's not that hard. Just if, if, you're, if you're watching us, you hit the like button, you subscribe to the channel, you hit the notification bell. If you're listening, you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, and leave a review. That's it. It's real easy. It only takes yeah. less than five minutes. Unless you leave us a really, really good review, and that might take longer. We'd greatly appreciate that. All right. Six minutes. Number, <laughs> number three. Oh, boy. Wonder Woman is a single-player game not designed for live service, says Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. So this comes from Alessio uh, Paluma. Palumbo, I think. So last week, we, as in WCCF Tech, which is where this comes from, reported that the Wonder Woman game might feature live service elements following a job ad spotted on the official Warner Brothers website. The listing was noted no, the listing was no no oh the listing was noticed just as Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zal Zazwa Zazwa Zazla 
whatever, told investors the gaming division would focus on transforming its biggest franchises into live service titles so that players would spend more time and money on them, driving monetization and engagement at higher levels for a longer time. However, a Warner Brothers spokesperson reached out to IGN to deny that the Wonder Woman game has no was being designed to be live service. Wonder Woman is a single player action adventure game set in a dynamic in a dynamic open world. This third person experience will allow players to become Diana of Themyscira. Themyscira. Nailed it. <laughs> and introduce an original story set in the DC universe while also featuring the Nemesis system. Wonder Woman Wait, is what? not being, yeah, right. <laughs> From did they license this or? Yeah, they, they did. They will leverage yeah. the patented. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, is not being designed as a live service. So there you go. They they have officially confirmed that this game will not be designed as a live service. It might stumble into a live service, but it's not being designed as a live service. But yeah. This is just confirmation because everyone was kind of uh, essentially tripping that uh, because that job posting that the Wonder Woman game was going to be live service akin to Suicide Squad. And when we saw Suicide Squad, everyone was like, this is a mess. We don't want this. This is terrible. Go put this game away and come back when you have a better property or better product. And they might have a better product. So, yeah. What's your feelings on this? Are you even interested in a Wonder Woman game? I mean, if it plays well, um, mm, this is rough. Like, what? <laughs> How did it come out? Because there was multiple reports that it was going to be a live service game, and now they're saying, no, 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 wait, you know, don't. Yeah. Away. So I, I, I feel game. like <laughs> I feel like it it came out because of that job posting, and the the one thing to be said about those type of things with the job posting is that generally when HR is creating or whoever is creating those postings, it's not necessarily yeah. reflective of everything you have to do. It's just like, there's some good to have or like nice what to have. What would that even look like though? Like, cause then that would mean you would need multiple characters or is just everybody wonder woman or are there any single player live service games? Quote unquote. Like, I mean, you can think of? in a, in a way, if you like, I kind of think of like Assassin's Creed. Like if there's a store in the game and you can buy like skins and stuff, I feel like that could be a way of doing it. And it's if it's gonna be a dynamic open world. How like long is somebody gonna be playing Wonder Woman to sustain a live service game? These that is the six billion dollar question. John. Execs are smoking grade A 1970 fresh off the boat crack. Like <laughs> what? Everything that doesn't need to be a live true. service. They're they're no longer making games to be fun. They're looking to make them as lucrative as possible, and then maybe we'll see if it's fun after. And that I, I hate the direction that the gaming industry is going in. And like, it's I look at it and and I feel like the fact that everyone is driving towards live service and. It's not even like the argument of like, why are you making these games live service? We don't want that. Like that argument point is so loud. It comes from the fans. It comes from from games journalists. Like the then the fact that the the devs and publishers are still like, no, 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 shut up. We need to make these things live service is such I a don't scary. Devs, I don't even think the devs are doing it. I think it's just to sustain the graphical and gameplay advances that we want to see with each year over year, each generation of games, they become more expensive. And yes, you know, shareholders and, and people at the top are looking to extract as much money as possible while still giving you the greatest graphical fidelity. All this shit costs yeah. money. Yeah. No, I, I think that's what it is. I think like, it's very possible that we are, you know, running up into the edge of a possible bubble when it comes to how much money these these this <clears throat> industry needs to support yeah. the wild machinations of the fans and what they want. And it's just like, well, something has to give. And if we aren't willing to pay more than $70 for these games, but still are demanding like 
crazy graphics. We want open world and stuff. And the devs are just like, well, we need to do these live service things so we can like make extra money off you guys so we can make the crazy things that you want. And it's just like, no, 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 no. And then, and then on top of that, you have the other side where people are just like, no, we just want like a 20, like a 15, 20 game. hour single player yeah. game. <laughs> like, so it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I would not want to be a dev or a publisher that has to like wrangle all these things. But it is just like, and then, and then of course the other side is that like, well, these, these publishers and the, the people up top, they have tons of money. They make tons of money, but they don't necessarily share that that money, share that revenue with the general staff. So it is like an, an imbalance everywhere, essentially. And it's just like, well, it is this is all mess. This is all mess. I, I, man, move on from this. I'm yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, what's not actually what is kind of crazy as well. Number four, Suicide Squad, Kill a Justice League. The release date, characters, gameplay, and more. This comes from Screen Rant. Yes, this game is back from the dead, apparently. Um, so, yeah. Suicide Just or Su- uh, Suicide Squad. We saw this game appear earlier this year. I believe it was earlier mm-hmm. this year. At a at the PlayStation showcase, I believe. Or some sometime before that. And it looked real bad. It did not look interesting. It looked very much so like a games of service game with a suicide squad skin it was four player co-op game where you can is it co-op uh i would assume so yeah yeah well let's go ahead and assume so it might not be but you have four characters you have deadshot king shark captain boomerang and harley quinn they all have different powers they're traversing this open world city and they're just from what we saw they were mindlessly fighting like purple enemies and they were like brainiac skinned enemies and you were just shooting the purple circle thing until mm-hmm. it exploded and you move on to the next objective so they showed that didn't fly well with most people and they're like all right well we're gonna go back in the lab and work on something and we'll be back with the um an update essentially and now they came back with an update uh this comes from uh screen rant from glenn Byrne. so no glenn glenn bun There was an R there. I just put in there for no reason. So essentially, they released a close to 20 minute like overview story trailer. And they're doing this whole episodic developer walkthrough of the game. And I sat and I watched through it and it actually looked. Not bad. It says four player co-op. Go ahead. Okay. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. They gave a release date. It's going to be February 2nd, 2024. I was actually kind of shocked. Two years later. Oh, two years later. It was supposed to come out in 2022. Oh. Oh. Imagine. Imagine I said this year. Oh, man. Time is a flat. No, no, no. They did preview it late. because They did preview it. uh, Let me see. February of 2023 at the state of play. But it was supposed oh, okay. to come out in 2022. Oh, okay. And I get you. I get you. Okay. That's what they showed us right. after a year delay. That is crazy. You're right. I, I totally forgot about that. So, yeah. Um, what I'm showing right now is uh, essentially the gameplay portion of their little dev diary thing. And it's not that bad. Like I, I was watching it. I had a couple of laughs. I kind of enjoy the character interactions. I think they they actually give an explanation of how each of the characters gets their traversal item through the open world. Uh, it was pretty cool. King Shark grabbed the Riddler hat and he was like, I don't need a, a traversal thing because I got this super jump thing and he did it. And I was like, all right, that's kind of funny. I, I feel like the game has moved from a easy 6 out of 10 when they first showed it to uh, a bit of a stronger 7 out of 10. <laughs> I I think the, the live service elements is going to be the real kicker here because the combat looks a bit more serviceable than what they showed originally. They didn't show any shoot the purple um, circle things in this gameplay stuff so it seems like all right well this this could be a, a bit more engaging from what they first showed but you know if you're spending i don't know 30 hours in this world 
what is going to be the interesting stuff that keeps you spending more time in this world. And I I don't know if I saw that in the game. I hope this ain't an Avengers type game where, you know, the campaign was cool and, you know, the the live service stuff was okay, but look how quickly Avengers fail. Like, I, I, I might just join you, DJ, and just playing the game on YouTube and calling it a day because <laughs> the cinematics looked awesome when they previewed it, but um, I don't want to play 15 different live service games. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just... I think... And then the other side, too, this is called Kill the Justice League, so the enemies are the Justice League, so you're going to be fighting Green Lantern, The Flash, Batman, Superman. After they you didn't kill include them, Wonder Woman. Like yeah, after you solve the campaign, what the, what the fuck are you still fighting for? Like what? What? Ow. It's an open world. Brainiac will still be out there doing Brainiac stuff. You're gonna have to fight and and stop his his horde from uh, invading the the town every day for about fifteen minutes. Then you get your little uh, microtransaction coins, and you can use that to buy Everything another hat for need King to be Shark. An live service game. This is. How do you... It doesn't, but is is we're just at this point where they feel like, well, this can work for live service, so let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to mention about this before moving on is King Shark. He has very much the same vibes as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, and I kind of love it. I think his character to me was kind of uh, yeah, probably the 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 most funny out of the group just for the fact of him just like kind of just saying the 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 the, you know whatever lines with that little emotion um yeah i don't we'll see we'll see where this goes um oh they're about to actually about to show the let me jump over to the the actual traversal stuff Mm. oh so that's green lantern um yeah i just i I just know uh, I've just been learning more and more lately, year over year, just not to pre-order games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the exception of a few studios, and even then, you know. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I don't think this is a game that you should pre-order in in any realm, because we don't know what this game is actually going to amount to once we get or well, once people get their hands on it, because I don't think I'll be getting my hands on this game. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so number five, PlayStation Portal sells out in two days as resellers swoop in. This comes from Kotaku. Kotaku. So yeah, essentially, you know, resellers be reselling, and they just <laughs> jumped in, used their little bots, and they just grabbed as much as they could from the PlayStation Portal store uh you know whatever from the store yeah yeah it sucks it always sucks there there needs to be a better system for this but you know us saying it isn't going to really make a difference it's going to have to come from sony it's going to have to come from the sellers of these devices to really put effort in that stuff and i don't think unless it becomes a real bad issue i don't think they care because so okay so some people are selling that this is a $200 console or $200 device yeah. and people are online selling it for 300 to like 350. So they're making money off of it. Yeah. It, it just sucks. I just hope you don't have some poor grandparent or whoever buying this shit thinking or the, you know, grandchild thinking or, or parent buying it for the child thinking you just need this and nothing else. You don't, you know, I don't remember. I'd have to look at the box again to see uh, how clear it is that you need a PlayStation for this device to work when you need internet. Right. Right. Or I think a home router. Yeah, I think this is a weird device in exactly what you say in terms of like it's called PlayStation Portal. You look at it and be like, oh well, it plays PlayStation Five games. Great, but I I don't know if that marketing like specifically says. You need a PS5 in order to use this device. And, yeah. you know, that can get a lot of people in trouble if, if that's not specifically said. Um, 
but yes, as I specifically said earlier in this cast, actually at the very start of the cast, Sean, yep. you have this thing called the PlayStation Portal, do you not? I do. Well, can can uh, you show it? Is it can you? Uh, yes. Oh my gosh, look at that thing. Look how huge it is. Yeah. Uh, for comparison's sake, uh, folks, this is my phone in front of it. It is absolutely massive. Um, so, it came out uh, on the 15th. I've been playing it since then. Um, it has its utilities. I am able to, mm -hmm. as I said, I would play it at my desk while working, you know. My job doesn't involve a lot. There's a lot of clicking and waiting. Some of these processes mm -hmm. take 30 minutes, 3 hours, sometimes 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of times where I could be gaming. And before, I would bring my laptop where the PlayStation was, but then I would lose out on my triple monitor setup. Yeah. Um, this allows me to just play PlayStation, you know, at my desk. Or, uh, for example, I was playing a new... Modern Warfare Zombies mode the other day uh, on the couch, and my wife said, move over, I want to watch, uh, I think she wanted to finish Invincible or something like that, or Loki, you know, the last mm -hmm. episode of Loki season. Season 2. As you know, you can't pause online. <laughs> right. But uh, right. I was able to quickly just snatch up the PlayStation portal and move to the other couch in the room, and uh, you know, finish what I was doing. That's awesome, okay. So, um, what, yeah, what is the... Uh... How does how does the, the how does it feel? Does it feel like comparing the actual portal with a normal uh, DualSense controller? Does it feel any different other than this giant screen in the middle of the controller? Like how's it built? Um, I think it has to take slight getting used to just because the screen is so massive. It's eight inches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> So I have the backbone as well as I've said, mm -hmm. and I have the um, Razer Kishi somewhere in my uh, nightstand drawer, but I don't like that. Um, yeah. In terms of like ranking of those controllers, um, I have the old Razer Kishi, which was kind of flimsy. It had like this rubber band thing that kind of flexed out and pulled uh. out, and it held your screen until yeah. they uh, until they upgraded the Razer Kishi to have this um, rigid, you know. Uh, expandable yeah. thing. Um, so I'd say the Razer Kishi's lashes backbone. Granted, it is uh, you know it, it does have one rigid expandable thing. This flexes a lot, as you can see. So when you're holding oh, your phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like this. You can see my yeah. You can see how much my hand is moving. It yeah. does that even with even with your phone in your hand, and this is and this is almost like the Switch controls, where if your hands cramp up using the Switch controller. Yeah. You know, the standard ones that come, the Joy-Cons, it's going to do that with these. Okay. Um, so I didn't particularly enjoy using that. This is one, the, the portal is one solid big-ass controller. It's just one mm. rigid piece. There's no flex. Um, and all the buttons is literally, like you said, um, it's just a Joy-Con split in half with a screen in the middle. Okay, okay. Um, okay. And then, like, how, because I, I think the biggest question the biggest problem that everyone assumed they would have is the whole well it's a remote play device like how does mm -hmm. it work inside the house versus outside the house um everybody's experience will vary it depends on mm -hmm. if you're playing it in the house it shouldn't matter too much if you're using the same router as your ps5 is connected to um yeah. it's not noticeable enough to mess up my game you can use it outside the house. I, I uh, was at my daughter's dance class and fired up my hotspot on my phone using 5G, and I was able to play some games. Um, brought it over to a friend's house, connected to his Wi-Fi. <laughs> it didn't work at first because it said my PS5 needed to be restarted, but that wasn't a fault of the portal itself. Yeah, exactly. But he has yeah, his yeah. own PS5, so we just connected to yeah. his. He started playing Final Fantasy uh, 16, and... With some games, the text is too small because uh, mm. developers typically are designing things with a big-ass screen right in front of them, and they're not taking into account what it's going to look like on the end consumer screen. I think this was an yeah. issue with uh, 
I'm gonna go way back. Uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, I think, back on the Xbox 360, and they had mm-hmm. to issue an update for that game and some other games like Final Fantasy. The text is just too small, and it doesn't. It you know, it does the same on the handheld. It just looks tiny as hell. But right, um, other games you don't really have that issue. But he was able to play Final Fantasy and play through a mission, and he didn't experience enough noticeable lag to uh, disc- you know, take away from his enjoyment of the game. Granted, yeah, Final Fantasy is not a great game to play on something like that, or even your regular TV, just because there's so much shit going on on the uh, so much stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we played other games, but it's it's a solid device. If you look around online, you a lot of you see a lot of people calling it the the dad device or whatever because you know <laughs> they can play yeah, PlayStation <laughs> while their wife or their kids are watching something on a big screen. Or hell, I've seen people just watching sports on a big screen and continuing their game on the PlayStation portal. So right. it has its utility. It's not for everybody. Um, I think with the explosion of interest in video games and influencers and people, you know, and people sharing all their experiences online, a lot of people have, for lack of a better word, a fear of missing out and they feel like they have to mm-hmm. buy every little thing when mm-hmm. no, you don't. So right. Sony isn't marketing this for everybody. This has a right. dedicated use just like a I don't know a, a three-in-one screwdriver or four-in-one screwdriver. You know, right. it if, if, if you find utility in it, then yes, it's for you. Not, not everybody's going to, you know, want something like right, this. Right, right, right. Okay. And like I because I've heard a couple of reviews on it and like I so I guess to 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 note my original stance on the device was like, why? Why does it do like it doesn't have Bluetooth like it it Mm -hmm. can only remote play. It seems like a weird thing to make. But like, I think it does make sense as like that dad device or just like because like the 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 PlayStation DualSense Edge, the the pro controller is also two hundred dollars. So like if you look at it from that perspective this is just like a remote play device controller in that way and it's Mm -hmm. like okay that kind of makes sense in terms of like this is a very niche product like this is going to be on just like this is edge not everybody needs that 200 yeah they have the regular ass or or even or even the psvr2 where it's like this is for people who are specifically interested in interested in this doing this one thing and it's like it does that thing very well so it's just like okay that that makes sense like i understand that perspective better now Mm. that didn't really before so it's like okay uh, that's cool that's cool so yeah so Um, like how would you go ahead oh no what are you about to ask me now i was gonna say like how would you rate this thing and like would you how would you um you know suggest people get this they recommend it yeah um i'd give it like a seven or eight out of ten just because it sucks that they didn't put bluetooth in there i'm guessing they didn't want to pay a licensing fee to the uh i forget the name of it but the 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 kind Whatever, Whatever group that controls Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah, because yeah. you have to license yeah. these things. You have to license, pay licensing fees when you have a DVD player in your device. You have to pay licensing fees when you have Bluetooth. Oh, when you have Wi-Fi to the consortium, I think they call it or whatever. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what those fees are. Or, you know, you have to get a certified, whatever. There are certain yeah. things you have to run through when you include. And they probably just didn't want to pay for that sure they have their own proprietary mm-hmm. thing sony has a history with proprietary shit they had the uh yeah. psp memory cards they had the umd disc with the psp they had a uh, those little cards with uh what the ps vita yeah oh and then another thing with with the portal it's like they they have this proprietary connection to ps oh, link. The playstation link yeah yeah that will only work with the portal or not only but like like you can't connect a wireless a regular headphone. ass Bluetooth, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people have found workarounds. They do have like Bluetooth transmitters that you can plug into the headset oh. jack. Yeah. And they just 
they just velcroed it on the back or whatever, you know. So okay, there okay. there are workarounds. It's unfortunate that yeah. uh, you have to do that. How um, it doesn't stream cloud games, but um, there's no hardware limitations. However, um, yeah. I understand why they didn't make it stream uh, cloud games. They're mm-hmm. still in the business of selling PS5s. This is yeah. just another way to sell more PS5s, I guess, or, you know, it, it's an accessory. Why exactly. Why would I buy a $500 PS5 or $400 PS5 when I could just buy this $200 thing and stream some games off of it? So, yeah, it makes Absolutely. sense from a business standpoint, from a consumer standpoint. Sure, it sucks, but they don't have a big war chest like Microsoft. They still have to funnel money in any which way they can. Um, mm-hmm. And they said as much. They didn't launch this looking to make a profit, which sounds silly from, once again, a consumer standpoint, um, but it would be considered a loss leader, which yeah. is no different than the actual home consoles. Those are loss leaders in order to get you to buy games and they make their money off of accessories and licensing fees. Right. right. Yeah, I, I think once people, you know, realize like, oh, I can actually use this thing to continue playing Baldur's Gate 3 while I'm chilling with my wife or like chilling with my girlfriend. It's just like, yeah. oh, this is actually have this has a use for me. So it's like, okay, cool. And it's only $200. So it's like, oh, wow. and it's almost Christmas. So it's just like, okay, cool. Let me just go yeah. ahead and just like put it on the list. So yeah, I think that's only two hundred dollars um, sounds crazy, but I mean, in this world of inflation, I know, I know. only two hundred dollars. Yeah. Sure, I don't know. Yeah, and again, the 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 pro controller is also two hundred dollars, and it's just like, all right, well, only if you look at it from that, I, yeah, only right. So yeah, it's like okay, I, I get it, but yeah, okay. So um, so yeah, so w- would you recommend like people buy this device? Once again, it's a niche product. If you're into remote mm-hmm. play, you don't want to use your phone backbone. Um, I was playing Sea of Stars on my iPad with the PlayStation controller. That's two separate devices I got to use now. This is one dedicated right. device. Like I had it propped up on. I just eh. if if yeah. you want to play remote play and I don't know, maybe you're working at home. It depends on how strong your internet connection at home and wherever you are at. Basically, oh, what's the battery life too? Um, how's that been for you? I don't know. I ha- okay. I haven't sat there like I don't. This isn't I mean, gonna get you, to have you eight noticed hour like any day. issue with it in terms of like, oh man, the battery's almost dead or whatever. I played it for a few hours before going to bed last night, and uh, I think before I went to sleep, it was like at one bar because it has bars. Okay. Oh, it does a bar thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. Let me see. It says. Yeah. Uh, allegedly seven to nine hours. That's not bad. That's actually really good. Um, it's, it's probably less, of course. I see six to eight. I see seven to nine. Yeah. It depends on your use and probably how intense yeah. the game is that you're playing. The battery bright, you know, screen brightness. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, like again, for what it is, like that, that's actually really, really good. Because like I'm not. I think which was Tears of the Kingdom probably like. Maybe like three hours or so. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, like one sitting. I guess that's a work shift, but I mean, at that point, you're supposed to be working. Like exactly. Right? <laughs> that's enough to get me through the day until I get back to the mm-hmm. actual console and throw that back on a charger, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Right. Everybody's usage will vary. If you're into remote play on your system, sure, and you want a enhanced experience. Might be right. for you. Uh, if you've okay. never played remote play, I wouldn't suggest jumping in with this. I would suggest trying it on your phone first and connecting your controller to your phone to see if you like that. If you want something bigger yeah. and better, then there you go. Yeah. I mean, that, that's actually a good idea to, like, to test your connection and make sure your <clears throat> remote play is strong. Yeah, work out any kinks. Exclusive remote play device. I see a lot of people on the subreddit like, this is fucking trash. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm returning mm-hmm. it. They didn't do any research. Right. All right. Moving cool. on. Well, that, that is the that is Sean's PlayStation Portal review. Again, that is a, what, 7 out of 10? 8 out of 10, you said? Yeah, 7 out of 10. Okay. 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. And 
he would recommend you buy it if you do your research because this is a niche product and you need to know what okay. you're getting yourself into before spending two hundred dollars because it's only two hundred dollars. Only. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let us finish off this cast with some more news, and then we're going to be doing a little uh, what we've been playing. So, uh, last up, <laughs> Dragon's Dogma Two. Nobody my cares. Guys. Next story. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dragon's Dogma 2. So this is kind of like a very like small news story, but the most important thing is the date that this is going to be happening because this is a very special date for me, for DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Magic, a.k.a. a man and a man and a man holding a ball and a ball. Hmm? All right. So this is by Wesleyan Pool, of course. I said from IGN, hot on the heels of Capcom's announcement of a Dragon's Dogma 2 short showcase stream set on November 28th. That's my birthday, guys. I'm turning 37. I'm t- 37, yeah. I keep joking with my wife that we're almost, uh, we're almost 40 and she absolutely hates it. And I say, hey, look, if you're past five, you round up. Like, that's, that's what matters. call her old next time I see her. <laughs> well, I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> okay. I actually love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So, set on November 28th, we have what looks like a leak of the game's release date. European video game rating board Peggy listed Dragon's Dogma 2 will, with a release date of March 22nd, 2024, across PS5, Xbox Series X, NS, and PC. That's pretty much it. That's all this has to say. But November 28th is when we're going to get a, and they, also, they had like a little uh, teaser trailer for what's going to, for more Dragon's Dogma 2 content or whatever. I, of course, will be watching that. I will have my opinions on it on our next cast. I don't think I'll do like a, depending on how, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I may or may not do something for it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on how excited I am after watching it. And like, oh, actually. You know what? I'm just going to stop talking. Anyways, that's Dragon's Dogma 2, guys. It's awesome. It's happening. It's coming next week. Get excited. If you're not excited, be more excited. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Let us jump into the games we have been playing. Sean, what have you been playing? I have been playing this delightful game. You're not going to hear me say that too much, but... uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Sea of Stars, Sea of Stars was released mm-hmm. on a Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. I don't know, but yes. um it's a little throwback retro inspired uh RPG about they say it's about 20 hours, 25 hours, which is not too bad. Um the mechanics are cool. Uh the design of it is cool. Um it's turn-based, but it has, like, timing mechanics. So, like, you know, when you're attacking enemies, if you hit X at the right time or whatever the button is, you know, you'll do double damage or extra damage. If they're attacking you and you hit the button at the right time, you know, you'll mm-hmm. reduce some damage. Um, it just has a lot of... It's like a 16-bit, 32-bit inspired, you know, 2D, 2.5D game that has a lot of charm to it i don't know it yeah it it got nominated for award with the game awards i think it got like a eight out of ten nine out of ten in a lot of places it got very strong reviews and um yes i could see why um so there was a demo release for this uh mm-hmm. months ago and i played it and i was like oh this is a, it, as sean said this is a delightful game um this is also created by the same dev that made the messenger which was a really, really, I think that was the year before last that it came out. But like, that was also like, a, like this is a crazy game with like a crazy narrative. And yeah. there's apparently some tie in between that game and this game. So it's like, oh. oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But in this game, you're playing as some solstice warriors. And uh, it looks like you have a party of maybe like four or five, maybe six people. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know. The mechanic, you just got to try the demo, man. It's it's just a yeah. pretty looking game. It looked like they uh, put a lot of TLC into this game. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, if I you're definitely more of the stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah, if you're definitely into like RPGs of this style, like the SNES style, like this is definitely the game that you should be trying out at least. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, secondly, I've been playing Teardown just because that came out on a uh, PlayStation Plus or the consoles uh this month. I think this was already a PC game. I'm not sure how long this game has been out, but um, this is a quote unquote voxel uh heist destruction game. Voxel meaning uh. Shit, this almost looks like Minecraft, but uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more mature and adult because you are running a demolition company that is failing and needs to pay us bills, and you start taking on questionable jobs. Um, questionable. I, I think. I mean, you, you're just getting emails from people who need you to do shady things. So, like, I think the first mm-hmm. mission they had you tear down this house because they wanted to put something else there but you know you went in the dead of night and there's an escape vehicle once you do all your dirty deeds um mm. there was another one where this person had like this huge yacht that they wanted to bring through this marina but a house was blocking the way so they wanted you to tear down the house and then uh steal any records and deeds of the house to show that the house was never there and like after each heist uh, there's like a news story or, you know, a news flash and somebody reporting on what happened. Like, oh my God, who could have done mm-hmm. this? They call like the that house that you knocked cool. down in the marina. Like, oh, there was a ghost house. Like the, the owner of the <laughs> marina says that there was a house there, but nobody can find any records. Um, right. like in that one, I think I knocked the stilts from under the house to let it fall into the water. And then I also mm. grabbed the safe containing the the records of the house and threw that in the ocean. Um, yeah. There was another mission where this guy who owned the marina, some guy, you know, he wanted you to steal his cars that he just won from the auction. And a lot of times, once you pass the first few missions, they have an alarm uh, mechanic where mm. you have 60 seconds once you trigger the alarm to get whatever you need to get done and get the hell up out of there. Um, right. Okay. I think one was in retaliation for stealing said cars. Uh, the person wanted you to go dump the other guy's cars into the water. So uh, I think one was on like a flatbed that was attached to an alarm. If you took the car off the flatbed, it would tra- you know set off the alarm. But you could yeah. drive the flatbed just into the water. Um, <laughs> another one was like on a mechanic lift. It didn't have any wheels, so of course you couldn't drive it. But you could go mm-hmm. find a dump truck and uh, raise the lift, put the dump truck under it, and drop the car in there and drive the dump truck into the water. And Oh, okay. Uh, That's pretty cool. It allows you to change some of the things that you can add to timer, you can add health um, through the quote-unquote debug mode or mod mode, and it won't affect mm-hmm. your uh, being able to get trophies, but everything is destroyable in this game. You got Shotguns, TNT, uh, a blowtorch, and just have at it. Just destroy everything. And right, uh, they have a money mechanic. You can steal valuables to earn money, or of course, you get money for doing the jobs to upgrade your tools. And oh, this is an interesting game. I've been playing that the okay. past couple of days. That's pretty cool. I mean, that sounds like a very like. Not intensive, but like there's a lot to do in that game, and there's like a different, like a lot of different paths you can take to complete the mission. Yeah, um, that's you basically want to sit there and plan out your heist or plan out whatever you're about to do and execute it as quickly as possible. They have quick save points, you know, right before you Mm -hmm. set off an alarm, so you can reload if you mess up. But fun game so far. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I have been playing well okay uh yeah i've been playing uh continues to play uh mario wonder with my wife we are on world we just beat world four so we got two more worlds left um we're having a good time it's 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 a delightful game um there's that word again yeah yeah you know it just keeps popping up so yeah uh beyond that i have been playing a game that i have seen a lot of people talk about and i was like you know what i don't generally play like games like this but i'll give it a try and i started up my aka came from because you are a person yeah really a person to person but you do have a ball and a ball and you like his game is a very very um interesting concept in terms of because it's a puzzle-based game you start 
as the character, you don't really know what's going on. Your character has wings, but you look human-like. It's zoomed out. It's an isometric view. You are running around in this world. Let me just pull up the trailer so you guys have an idea of what I am talking about. But um, from the very start, it has you solve a puzzle to get an idea of what to expect gameplay-wise. And like this is how the game starts, essentially. Um, I am having a pretty good time with the game. Go ahead and just loop this. I'm having a pretty good time with the game. I think puzzle-wise, it is very intuitive. I, I think they do a good job of creating scenarios where you have to think of the items you have at hand, think of the environment, what the environment allows you to do, and kind of blend those two things in interesting ways. There was one puzzle that I just could not figure out for the life of me. I ended up looking it up because I was just like, all right, I just want to get through this section. And the solution to it was just like, I can't believe, like, that's such a cool idea. And it's just like you're presented with thing, with different scenarios like that. And it's it's really yeah. cool. It's a really fun game. I haven't beat the game yet, but it's a really quick, um, it's a really quick game. It, it like I'm at like three hours or something like that, and I'm 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 pretty much at the last level or the last area i think how much was it yeah but there's there's also a true ending if you collect collect everything but yeah this game also has absolutely no um no no words the the main character doesn't talk there's no narrative narrator there's nothing it's just you you hit you jump into the place there's music and you just do your thing um Okay, it's like twenty five dollars. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. I would I suggest this game if you are big into puzzles and you want a you want a like somewhat relaxed experience solving these puzzles in these very strange worlds. I would say definitely go for it. In terms of difficulty, you are presented with a boss at the end of each world, yeah. and it's not it's it they take the very mario approach where you have to hit the boss like three times and it might progress to a different form or something but you have to hit the boss another three times and you kind of beat the boss i think that's a good design for this kind of game because you don't want to sit in quote-unquote combat for too long because this game's not necessarily built around combat so mm. it doesn't necessarily feel the best when you're fighting these creatures but it's it's serviceable enough where you're just like, all right, this is cool. Now we can get back to the puzzle stuff. So I think it's good. I haven't beaten the game yet, but like right now I am sitting at like a like around an eight right now. So yeah. 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 Um beyond that, I I've been playing Modern Warfare zombies. I'm really enjoying that game. It's, I'm actually enjoying Modern Warfare 3 just in general, in terms of like the multiplayer stuff. They have a new like experimental playlist where they it seems like they add like little tweaks to the different play styles. So like I was playing one match where I my teammates and the enemies was, was like highlighted with like a blue or a red or something, something like that. I don't really know what was going on too much. There. I didn't really like look to see what was going on, but it's. It's team deathmatch. It's kill confirm. It's search and destroy. It's just Call of Duty. Like I think they do that really well. Um, beyond that, the I'm still playing around with the armory system, and I'm playing around with the like the clothing system, and I am enjoying both of those. I think the armory system is a very big change for Modern Warfare in terms of how you unlock items and stuff, and it's really tied yeah. to doing your dailies. But like, I really like that system versus just the straight leveling up and just hoping you get what you want from, you know, that incremental level. Yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm still having a good time in that. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I have been playing, what we've been playing. And that's pretty much what this episode has been, because it has been a Press X to Start Gamers Digest episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Don't forget. To rate and review us on your favorite podcasting services or Apple Podcasts. You leave us a review. Do it. If you're watching, please, 
please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. Do it. Please do it. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. We're going to get out of here. Probably play some games. Probably, um, well, Sean's going to be playing with his portal. Lucky guy. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys. Take care.